How's about we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather round the fire, maybe read for just a while, and we'll listen to the stories unveiled. Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories no one needed from suggestions that you shared. Hello, and welcome back to the campfire. My name is Colby McHugh, your host, and this is, of course, the S'more Stories podcast, where we journey together in search of what makes a story great. And that journey so far has been a pure delight, getting to talk stories with all sorts of people and slowly but surely build a network of fellow nerds. It's nice meeting kindred spirits out in the real world, and that's exactly why I'm so excited about this episode's guest. You may remember earlier this summer, during our Heroes Con recap episode with Seth McKay, I mentioned a particularly fun and surprising interaction I had with a fellow creator up at that convention in Charlotte, and I'm so honored to be joined by that exact creator now. So please welcome a very talented writer, editor, publisher, a little bit of everything, Akira Brown. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, it's it's nice. It is nice. It's nice talking. Our our meeting up in Charlotte at, at Heroes Con was such a fun experience. It really was. It feels like it's been forever ago and I've known you for longer than maybe like three months. Right, exactly. <laughs> like we met earlier this summer and I've had the chance to, to get to know you a little bit better. In the meantime, we've, we've chatted, um, talked stories. You've helped me get Kill Collins, my book, into criminal records. the coolest record shop in Atlanta. And, and I, comics. I am so incredibly grateful for your help in, in doing that. Um, a, the main setting of Kill Collins, the book, is set in a record shop very much inspired by it was perfect and the the people love your book especially when i'm like yeah you know phil collins consider it's not phil collins yes the the elevator pitch is nice yeah i've i've learned that in 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 telling people the idea they're like oh that's that's fun yeah regardless of whether they read or not that reaction makes me feel happy every single time that's the start exactly exactly so um since then of course i've learned more about kind of your experience as as an editor as a publisher and um and of course literally since we met that day i was like i have to get akira on some more stories like this is (laughs) this is gonna be such a great conversation been plotting and exactly exactly so this is all part of all part of the plan to get you here on the podcast talking stories you did it exactly i did it you've fallen for my trap Welcome to the trap. Now I'm stuck here. <laughs> so I, I think I'm, I'm really excited to learn kind of all about your your history, your experience with storytelling. And we got to talk a little bit um, before recording uh, about it. And I'm excited to, to learn kind of where did your history of being interested in stories kind of come from? Was there something as a kid that you were like super into that maybe drew you to that world? Or where did that come from? That's interesting because I think I've always liked stories. When I, you know, as a child, it was like media first. So me watching all of these shows, shout out to like, I say a kid, but then I say like Teen Titans, 2001. Of course. Classic Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. And then even like farther back, watching like Courage the Cowardly Dog and Powerpuff Girls, where it's like, I really liked the storytelling and I wanted to make my own. And so I did, you know, you know, starting in fan fiction and all that stuff. And then it, progressed into just like oh okay I like writing and I want to write things that like cater to me in a way 
It's like, write what you don't see in the world. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I imagine at that point, there's probably a lot of things that we weren't seeing in, oh, re- yeah. in media in early 2000, late 90s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's interesting. You mentioned that you, you kind of got started with fan fiction. Yeah. And I'm learning as I get older, it's like, that's a, a common thing for a lot of creators and artists was like that was almost their introduction yeah. into storytelling yeah because it's like fan fiction is easy in the sense that okay you already have the characters there you just put them in scenarios that the creators didn't because you think it's better uh, i didn't publish any of them these were like written out and like oh yeah okay this is what i think should happen in another episode <laughs> it's so genius and i found those uh stories a while ago and i was like these are ridiculous i love it but this is ridiculous. I love that too. I, I I wish I I almost wish I had had my like fan fiction phase because yeah. it would have been nice to have like kind of that oh, yeah. experience of just like creating stories using characters that I already knew. Yeah, and it's truly like it, to get deep. Um, it's truly like learning how to do character analysis. Sure. And then that's how you really break down like, oh, okay, I like this kind of trope or I like this kind of character. And I'm rewriting the the already made characters mm-hmm. into these scenes and like molding them to like, oh, I don't like how this writer does ending scenes or I don't like how they do love triangles. What if we <laughs> fix it? You're like remixing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little bit. Is there was there a specific uh, like show or property or character that you kind of were drawn to when when doing that stuff? Not really, because. Mm-hmm. Um, my fan fiction phase did not last that long. Sure, you got out of it pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah, it was like, all right, this is fun, but consider, what if I just made my own characters? Yeah. Um, so I can't even say, I, I mean, I think I latched onto Teen Titans pretty hard yeah. because the the trope of just like a bunch of different superheroes coming together, fighting evil, cool theme song. Great yeah. animation too. Great animation, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that would probably be one, but it didn't last that long enough to... I wish the show lasted longer. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> like I, I remember I remember specifically when that Teen Titans show uh, came out and I was a kid and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right. Because it was like an introduction to like Japanese culture in a lot oh, of yeah, ways absolutely. too. Like, because it was very anime inspired and My- I wasn't a huge anime kid necessarily yeah. at that point. Like I knew Toonami, but this was like, oh, this feels like different. My intro to Japanese media to anime was as a single digit child and my uncle like showing me Dragon Ball, the original, but in (laughs) Japanese. And I think that's part of the reason I learned how to read because I had to keep up. Yes, for sure. Yeah, there's I mean, there's we could probably talk the entire episode about just childhood media that we loved. Mm -hmm. And I truly I'm here for it and would love that episode. That's for another podcast. Um, but, but I am curious, kind of how, like, what brought you to comics? Um, I'm very curious because you, you have some prose experience, but yeah, they're so, very different worlds. Yeah. So I've always been a writer. Um, I just started in prose because mm-hmm. of school and it was that mandatory reading and do this, that, and the other. And I always loved reading. And then, you know, gifted kid burnout happened. And I was like, actually, maybe I don't like reading. Reading, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was reading. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then what brought me into comics, it's interesting because when I graduated, whatever year that was, um, graduated high school, I should say, sure. um, I wanted to go into journalism. Okay. I was dead set, planned it out throughout the entirety of high school. I was like, I'm going to be a journalist. And then 
my senior year, I took a journalism class and I was like, oh, actually, I hate this. This is awful. I don't like real world news because it's sad. It's very sad. Yes. <laughs> I don't like seeing this. I don't. And I definitely don't want to be the person to have to write it. Uh, the messenger. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to give this news to people. Sure. It's bad. <laughs> um, so I kind of had like a, a crisis because, you know, you plan all that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I like then? I was like, oh, I like comics because Batman the Animated Series was also like a stronghold of my my being. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Batman Beyond too. Batman Beyond. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, comics exist. And I know like the characters and such. When I was like, I don't want to really go to school for writing. I do that on my casual days. I can, I can write. What's mm-hmm. so hard about that? Yeah. And then, so I was like, why not go into school? school for art so yeah went to scad learned how to do art and then didn't even do that because my professor shout out to burkholter he was like you know he'd be a great editor and i pushed everything aside and i was like actually tell me about this then yeah what is editing i am fascinated to learn more about kind of your editor experience because that is such a, a skill that not a lot of people know or appreciate oh yeah absolutely um it's in the long form of it or the short form of it it is just project management of other people but to me the reason i like editing so much is just the fact that i get to help others make their stories as like good as it can be Mm -hmm. um helping other people realize their story because it's always fun when i'm helping somebody and i give them an idea and they're like oh mind blown i didn't even think about it this way and i'm like there you go. And that idea leads to something else in yeah. their head. And then it's just a chain and reaction. It's just a, yeah, it's just keeps going. And I'm like, good job. Good then, for you. And then you feel like, you're like, oh, I helped make that happen. Yeah, exactly. It's always fun to be like, to be on the other side and be like, look at that. It's finished now after all the years you've spent being like, oh, I'll get to it. Or, oh, I've been stuck on this forever. And I'm like, what if I help you? <laughs> what if we get you unstuck? Yeah. What if we finish this actually? <laughs> I love that because you're right. There are so many ideas of speaking from my own personal experience mm-hmm. of like, where I'm like, this is a cool idea. I'm not going to do anything with it. But then you <laughs> see that idea and you're like, well, what if we did? Yeah, let's do something with this, actually. And that's so cool because that's such a common thing in, in writers and artists where it's just like a, a graveyard of ideas. Yeah. Some of them are good. Like if we can pull those good ones out and do something with it, that's the the, the dream, truly. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a, a labor of love because it's very technical in yeah. the sense of like, okay, I have to make sure that you're sticking to your schedule. Okay, you said you were going to do this. You got to do it. But like at the end of the day, it is just a... Congrats. We've we've made this a thing. We've made a book. We did this together. (laughs) Yeah. And and so I think that leads perfectly into kind of what made you interested in starting your own press with with Wildstar Press, which of course I've read a few of your books. Very, very excited to read more. (laughs) Um, uh, And from what I remember from your table at at Heroes Con, a wide variety of stuff too. So what made you interested in starting your own press from maybe from that skill of learning how to be an editor? Yeah, so it did start as me being an editor, like coming out of college. It was, it really was just me seeing all of my peers and friends. Like, yes, it's a bias, but also I've been with them for like the three or four years I was in school, seeing how well they did art, how cool their storytelling was, and also seeing them not make it into like these bigger industries. So I'm like, 
what's wrong with the industries where these guys aren't getting into it? So Mm -hmm. that's when you start like really realizing, oh, okay. So sometimes the industry wants a specific type of person, a specific type of story. So I was like, why don't I just do this myself then? It can't be that hard. It is very hard, but, (laughs) but it's fun. (laughs) Very rewarding. Yeah, it's very rewarding. So like the... Pretty much the premise of Wildstar Press is being the stepping stone into the industry, um, at least where it is now, because it is a small press. Sure. Uh, really hard to get into the industry if you don't have experience, really hard to get experience if they don't let you get it in right. the industry. Yes. So I decided just be that person, that first step, because you publish with the press. It is a legitimate business. It yeah. is a actual publisher. So you get that publishing credit. So when they want to go on to the next thing, they're like, yeah, I've been published before with Wildstar Press. They've got a physical book. Yeah, thanks you've got to a you. physical book and everything. Yeah. It's been advertised. It's in certain comic shops. It needs to be in more, but I'm only one person working there. So. You're doing everything <laughs> yeah. you can, for sure. <laughs> I, I love that, though. I, like you're, you're elevating people around you. Yeah. And that's, and that's so cool. I try. It's, I didn't realize how deep I would be in the comics scene uh, until, until I start, not even until I started the press, but until I like started working at criminal records, because that kind of is the final step of comics. I've gone from the ideation period to quite literally selling it in stores. And like, I know so much about this process. Yeah. You, you have, it's interesting. Your experience and your expertise kind of comes from both ends as you're creating, you're helping publish or you're publishing specific works. And then in your actual job job, yeah. you are literally selling books. Yeah. The, the great books as well. Like I, Criminal is the hub of, of comics, I think, uh, in, in Atlanta. And, and you run that, yeah. that wing of the, of the shop. And that's so cool. It's truly interesting with the customer base that we get. Because with Criminal specifically, it's very, they're very into like the niche or the smaller industry mm-hmm. um, spaces, at least with the new a customer base now that I've moved in and kind of made my name in there. Yeah. Um, Because like places like Silver Sprocket, people love them. Or um, the locals like Kilcollins, they see, oh, cool. These are people from Georgia. I'm going to get this because let's support them. (laughs) They're in my neighborhood. Exactly. (laughs) And and you're right. Like there aren't a lot of books, bookshops or comic shops in Atlanta that have kind of a local section. And criminals is by far the biggest and I would say most wide ranging of, yeah. of things. That was definitely my goal when I got in there. It was it was a small section at first mm-hmm. and then afterwards I was like, let's clean this up a bit. Let's reach out to people and spread this around. Because yeah, that is I guess that is really my philosophy. It's just helping other people and lifting them up. I'm learning this as I'm talking to you. So we're, <laughs> great for me. We're uncovering <laughs> secrets. You heard it here on Small Stories first. This is this is beautiful. That's what we love we love learning on things on this podcast. Yeah, things truly. about storytelling, things about ourselves yeah. as well. Um, and and I, I, as somebody who's been going to criminal since I was in high school, like I can very clearly see a shift in in the comics, and that is so refreshing and cool. so cool. Because because comics are great. I I love all kinds of comics, but there is something cool and specific about seeing like people in our town mm-hmm. around us, creators like us, mm-hmm. selling stuff and having things that we can purchase and and support uh at a shop like criminal and i'm i'm very grateful for the work that you do thank you yeah like absolutely because it's also just the idea of not that the big names 
make the same story, but it is like a similar formula. Like if you get tired of superhero stories because it's superhero saves the day, mm-hmm. they struggle a bit, but they do save the day in the end. Whereas again, with like the people that I know, it's like, oh, here's this cool story focused on like character development mm-hmm. and like fantasy or et cetera, et cetera. And you don't get to, you don't, you wouldn't see that immediately on the shelf. Right. Or if you do, it's like sort of not cookie cutter, but it, for lack of better words. Less grounded. Yeah, most less likely. grounded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, also, I also love, you know, it helps probably that you have a community of people that you know, like from, oh, your, yeah. from your art school days. We, oh, yeah. We, you know, you went to SCAD, you mentioned. I worked at SCAD for a few years nice. recently. That was one of the first things that we like connected on in yeah. Charlotte. It was like, wait, you Sca- know SCAD as well? <laughs> Whoa. And, Small world. And so like I understand the – the students there and like mm. there's so much talent there you know the school itself you can you can think whatever you want about but yeah. my time working there i loved talking to the students yeah that's they're my, my people yeah whatever you think of the school like the people there like teachers included because mm-hmm. it's it's one thing like all of the all of the students are talented yes. and i went there not too long ago to do an editor's day to like help uh alumni mm-hmm. help to like freshmen the students yes. um pretty much clean up their portfolios, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to see all of their their work and basically like anticipating seeing it out in the world. Sure. Definitely is like if you have stuff that you've self-published, send it out there. Not just to publishers, but mm-hmm. to like local people. It's it's definitely just kind of planting the seed of you don't you, you have way more options. Totally. Yeah. And that's probably so helpful for like uh, a wide-eyed freshman yeah, who is like truly. probably has could have all the talent in the world but maybe doesn't have like people skills or like yeah. or like the the life knowledge of like I can do this like this is truly. a possibility like a real possibility yeah and I the community like you were saying with community I didn't even think editing was possible for me because I ha- I didn't see anybody like me. But then I met an editor named Steens. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, Steens. no way. Steens is great. Wow, it was it was amazing. The first time we met, the first time we actually talked, like mm-hmm. we had we were on a video call, and the first thing they said was like, "You look like me." And then we're both non-binary. And I was sure. like, "Ha, cool! This that is a real is thing." So cool, Steens. I think I've got a couple books from from Steens, and I can't remember which ones, but I yeah, ton of respect. Yeah, wow. Steens is fantastic. I can talk about them all the time or all day. <laughs> but yeah, that the, the sense of community, not just from SCAD, but just mm-hmm. like being online and reaching out to people, whether it's like through sort like being a resource to mm-hmm. them or just being in like larger communities and kind of branching off basically make friends that's that's a really important part of the comics making that's what we making, call networking as an adult yeah just making friends that do the things that you love doing also exactly because like <laughs> shout out to my best friend Zab, who does every anthology cover for wildstar press amazing because it is so much easier to know somebody than have to hunt down someone for a cover yes Yes. I, and I'm learning that as, as I get older more as well. And uh, as I'm like meeting more people and putting my things out there and, and making these connections with people where it's like growing up or, or even in college, people talk about networking and always I was like, I can't network. Like I'm not like, this is, this is dumb. But as I'm getting older and I meet people like you where I'm like, is this networking? Yeah. Us just like talking yeah. about comics? Yeah. Like I, if that's networking, I'm down. Yeah. And then we're working on stuff down the road and, you know, building this network of people and 
Yeah, it's absolutely. so refreshing. It's so nice. Truly, because Wildstar Press wouldn't be where it is today without the network that I made because the site itself, uh, a friend of mine, Seth, he started the foundation of it and made the, the blue and yellow that you see now. And yeah. then now that I've pretty much roped in another friend, uh, Caitlin, they are keeping it pretty. And I am forever grateful because that's one less thing I have to worry about. That is, uh, I can relate to that in uh, my partnership with Brittany, my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> we are uh, opposites in many ways uh, in the fact that I just like writing. Yeah. And she is an incredible designer and illustrator. And so we, yeah, it's nice having people that, that you can rely on, that you can trust, mm -hmm. that also, you know, are talented and you can just work with. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. It, it makes it, it makes the whole publishing and creating process Way less intimidating. Oh, yeah. When you've got somebody holding your hand or being like, I got this part. It's fine. It's so nice. <laughs> I, I We're working on our, on our first scene right now. We, we just started our own yeah. our own press. I, I, we haven't, I guess, I guess this will be the first episode where I actually talk about it. Ooh, so nice. I guess I should say it. it's called Ooh. Uneven Cartoon Press. Uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're, we're making a zine. This will be our first kind of uh, creation under the press. Um, and, and of course, I would say... I don't even think I would have necessarily started this press if if we hadn't met at Heroes and I was like Wildstar Ooh, Press this is so honored. cool <laughs> like I love the idea of creating things and having an umbrella to just create things under <laughs> and so you are an inspiration to me as well. Oh, just want to throw touched. that out there. I'm honored. But enough about me. I don't want to talk about me anymore. <laughs> what? This is about both of us now. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. We're both creators. We're not going to be. We're going to. We're only going to say nice things about each other. Of course. On this podcast, <laughs> that's the rule. No mean things, even about ourselves. Um, I the the question that I always try to ask every guest at this point because I think everybody has a, a, an interesting and, and unique answer uh, is when you read a story or consume a story, what about it? connects with you like what to you makes a, a story good it can be anything it can be broad it can be granular yeah i'm always just curious i really like this question there's no wrong answer also yeah it's funny because i've heard you know your podcast and i've heard other people's answers but it's still i'm just like ooh, this is a really good question it's fun to think about because uh, it can differ too like maybe oh, yeah. one day it's something it's a different thing the next day oh yeah especially on my recent journey of like my love for pro getting my love for pros back yes and just in general uh reconsuming not reconsuming consuming media yeah i'd have to say my answer to that would be probably character development and not so in the way of whether it's positive or negative mm -hmm. it's just like seeing that change like seeing a character go through something and then essentially changing either for better or for worse because it's it's compelling and if they're relatable that's kind of just a bonus and totally. it's like oh yeah okay i get it but i think that character development helps things continue to move in a way so even if it's subtle like mm -hmm. one of my favorite pieces of media is uh samurai champloo oh yeah 10 out of 10 um and even though at the end of the day it's not a spoiler for something that came out in 2000. Right, yeah. No worries. <laughs> um, yeah, even though at the end of the day, they all be still were the same, like, samurai, same miscreant in person. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, they grew as people mm -hmm. and, like, had a relationship, whether even if it was fleeting, it was, like, it was the... They started to care for more than themselves. And yeah. you could tell, even though it wasn't, like, granular, it was, like, I will fight for you 
or with you and I won't kill you now. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah. I love that. That is a, a great answer. And I a hundred percent agree. Like when I'm, when I'm watching a, or consuming something, you know, I think if there's movement with a character, you yeah. know, changing in some way. And, and like you said, it can be worse. Like yeah. people can get worse. That is, that can be very compelling too. Yeah. It's very interesting that how, um, it's not, it's not frowned upon, but it's like not as celebrated when sure. you see you watch a character get worse. And it's like, well, they made their decision. <laughs> they got to lie in these consequences. Yes. Sometimes it's, it's not necessarily fun to, to read or watch, but, it, but it makes for a good story. Yeah. And so I think that's the most important thing is, is as long as it serves the story, do something bad or, yeah. or good. Like, I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, somebody's going to learn a lesson here. And it might not be them, but somebody's <laughs> going to learn a lesson. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe <like> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. If, yeah. if we can if we can learn a lesson as an audience member, that counts too. Yeah. Um, I think now's probably a good time to introduce the topic. Yeah. Wait, topics. Topics. Plural, we should say. So if you're a listener of, of the S'more Stories podcast, you might know that I kind of like changing up things occasionally. I, I'm always open to taking suggestions from from our guests, and you had a very interesting one. I did. You wanted to combine two topics. I sure did. <laughs> Which, as soon as you sent that to me as a, as a an option, I was like, "Yeah, why not? Like that sounds fun." Like, and the the two that you had sent make a lot of sense together. Yeah, yeah. I because you had so many good topics. There's and- a few in there. Yeah. And I got indecisive and it was like, how about, how about instead, let's, let's, let's break the rules real quick. Can I just get two of them? Yes. And that is the beauty of this podcast. I can do whatever I want Yeah, because it's my podcast. So, so let's, let's introduce the two topics. Yes. The, the, uh, both of them. So tattoo magic. Tattoo magic. Which I love. Yes. And then, then it's on me. Your fate is in my hands. Yes. Combined. Mm-hmm. And thank, big shout out to John Andrews uh, for submitting both of those topics. He is thanks for the topic. He is the the master of the topic list. Yeah. He, he shotguns <laughs> a blast of just random ass phrases and words uh, whenever I reach out, and so I am incredibly grateful. Yeah, uh, he had a, he had a lot of good ones in there. Yeah. So shout out to him. <laughs> He's been chosen a couple times, and uh, if you, if you see him in real life, bully him into writing his story. Because he's going to be on this show soon. That's part of my job. So good. <laughs> Just in general, <laughs> bullying people into writing a story. Yeah. I need to learn that skill from you. I'm learning. Trust me. The many people that I know, all of the friends that they, they will tell you that's the first thing about. I'm like, so you finish that story? You start it yet? That just means you are an effective editor and publisher. I try. That's a compliment <laughs> for sure. Um, so, so what what drew you specifically to these two topics? So for tattoo magic, I genuinely just really like tattoos and magic and the idea, like, it's funny because I, at some point had an idea for a story for a person with tattoo magic, Mm -hmm. but that hasn't gone anywhere. It's been, it's been a while. Um, but the tattoo magic aesthetically is just really cool. And I have a bunch of tattoos and I was like, I sure wish that were me. I'd be so magical. Yeah. I only have one tattoo currently, so it would only be kind of magical. But you could get more. I do want more. Same. <laughs> um, and then the then it's on me. Your fate is in my hands. I've. It's such a good sentence, and it kind of aligns with the sort the topics that I've written about in that of like fate and what you do with it. 
and it was just interesting to explore both. Sure. It was it was partially being go finding my comfort zone in writing, but mm-hmm. also combining them kind of put me out of it because I was like, all right, I can is I can write about this, but trying to combine them so fluidly, that was the challenge. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm already very excited to see how you did it cuz I I don't even know how I did it. So <laughs> it'll be very fun to 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 hear each other's stories. Oh yeah. Um who wants to read first? Would you rather me read first or would you like to read first? Uh why don't you read first? Fair enough. I can definitely do that. Okay. Um so we'll we'll read a little bit or we'll read and then discuss a little bit. Yes. Um I did I mentioned before we started recording. I did come up with a title for mine. Did I include it in my email? Yeah. Okay, good. You did. I see it. And I made sure to come up with one this time. I don't even know if it's good, but I, I came up with one ahead of time, which made me feel good. And so this... That's the start. This story is called In a Flash. Shh. Shut up, dummies. This place is thin. The boys, who'd been too busy arguing about which members of the fellowship they most embodied, shut up indeed. Maddie was right, and they knew it. Wynne, a classic Gimli, remembered Maddie mentioned thin places in the past, often in reference to her great-aunt Darla, who was known for being into some pretty freaky shit. Thin places made you feel stretched, everything pulling at you all at once. That's how Maddie always described it. Taking another step into the old abandoned Westview Mall, Wynne and his twin brother Wit felt that eerie pull, sending chills up their spines simultaneously. Twin stuff. Told ya, Maddie said, walking further into the mall. The musty smell was overpowering, like there had been an untreated leak for the last decade or so. The whole place was a ghost town, mostly falling apart, including the nameless tattoo shop they now stood outside. None of those other crumbling shops had what they were looking for. A relic they'd heard rumors of from Robbie Donovan's older brother, Rick, who said he heard a few teachers mention an infamous tattoo shop when they thought he wasn't listening. A tattoo shop where some weird stuff had gone down. Maybe even bratty kids going missing, in Rick's words, of course. Are we sure about this? Wit said, slowing as his brother kept walking. I mean, why do we believe Rick anyway? Because Rick is a senior, and they know cool shit, Maddie said. Now come on, don't you want to see something everyone else is too scared to come and find themselves? Honestly, I'm good, Wit replied, stopping in his tracks. Dude, Wynn said, you gotta come with. The three of us, the Triforce of Cool. God, we're such hopeless geeks, Wit said, shaking his head. Fine, I'm in. I'm scared, but I'm in. My fate is in your hands, I guess. You're being a real pippin here, bro. I need you to be more of an Aragorn. Be cooler. Impossible, Maddie roasted with a smirk. Are we ready? Can we go now? I'm going now. They crept through the doorway, past the rotting welcome desk. Further, they saw the remains of a few leather chairs with faded posters covering every inch of the wall. Where did Rick say it was? Wynne asked. He didn't, Maddie said as she kept walking. Just that it was here somewhere and that it might be glowing. I think that part was bullshit, but I don't know. Keep your eyes peeled. Wit immediately tripped on a stray cord and fell, taking down a busted chair with him in the process after the rickety thing refused to brace his fall. Pippin, Wynne said, helping his brother up. Fool of a took. Dude, you gotta be quiet, Maddie whispered. I think I see it, or feel it. That thin feeling. It's worse through there. 
Her finger pointed to a shadowy back room, the door missing off its hinges. That's not terrifying or anything, Wit said, keeping his distance. I'll be the lookout. Just don't trip over anything else, said his brother. Please? Maddie used her phone's flashlight to peek inside the doorway, revealing a small office, mostly tossed to bits over the years. Aunt Darla would have hated this place. Way too thin. It's gotta be in here. Wasn't she nutso, though? Wit said from a distance, still peeking in the doorway. I mean, yeah, but she was also right an awful lot of the time. Maddie said, stepping inside the room and seeing a crumbling workspace with water-stained paper scattered everywhere. Especially when it came to the unnatural. She called it magic, which was just her explaining it away without too much thought. Probably didn't want to scare me as a kid. Wind followed her inside. Is that a fire cabinet? He asked, pointing to the corner, partially hidden under some fallen insulation. That thing looks heavy as shit. Maddie took a careful step closer and felt that familiar, gaunt feeling of being pulled, almost like gravity gone haywire, but just for her. Nearer to the cabinet, that thinness became staggering, and she knew it had to be there. Aunt Darla would have been proud. Wind tiptoed behind Maddie as they carefully removed the pile of ancient insulation to reveal one of the drawers violently torn open. Shredded. I don't think those things are supposed to open like that, Wind said. They're supposed to withstand, like, everything. Unable to help her own curiosity, Maddie shined her light inside and saw an old tattoo gun, she said with a chuckle. That's it? Huh. Is it glowing? Wynn asked. Nah, I knew that was just Rick bullshit, she said, grabbing the gun by its handle and looking closely. Should I be Snapchatting this? Wait, don't answer that. Something's written on here in Sharpie. Ink is forever, and forever is a long time. Kinda ominous, Wynn said, right? Suddenly, something in the air shifted as Maddie's fingers involuntarily gripped the gun tightly. Uh, what the fuck, she said, trying to free her fingers. Something's happening, guys. A harsh whirring sound filled the room as a gun turned on in her hand. It's not even plugged in, Wynn said with an eye roll. Hilarious joke, dude. The look in Maddie's eyes as she frantically clawed at the gun made him realize that this was no joke, and he rushed over to try and help. Wait, Maddie said, eyes closed now. It's it's in my head. A voice. It wants to be used. Begging to be used. No. Demanding. No choice. No choice at all. Maddie? Wynne murmured, taking a step backwards. Choosing what? She looked up and made terrified eye contact with her friend. You. I'm so sorry. Her arm shot forward at Wynne, pulled by the gun itself, which sent him stumbling backwards through the doorway as black ink began to spew from the needle. Wit! He screamed from his backside. In a split second, his brother was helping him to his feet, back to the office doorway. What's going? Wit tried to say, but a sharp, jabbing pain in the back caught his voice, followed by that haunting, whirring sound. In an instant, Wit's eyes went glassy, just staring straight ahead. Maddie's voice said from behind, It says he'll do. No, Wynne shouted, reaching around his frozen brother. In a flash, the gun swung itself into his nose, shattering it and knocking him out cold. Calmly, the gun continued its work on Wit's back, as if his clothes weren't even there, the impossible ink somehow embedding itself anyway. Maddie could see her arm being pulled in precise motions, creating an intricate design that she couldn't recognize as she struggled against it. Let go of me, she shouted, seeing her friend unconscious on the floor and feeling that weight, 
that thin weight loosening just slightly. One finger, then another, until Maddie finally let go and watched the pitch-black tattoo gun drop to the floor. She stumbled backwards in horror as she saw Wynn still standing there with that design on his back, that rune as she now knew after its presence in her head. Deep in her mind, a lingering dread remained. Maddie knew something terrible. Wit? she asked gently, full of awful insight. Her friend turned around slowly to face Maddie as his brother still remained on the ground, just now starting to stir. His eyes met hers. Then it spoke, wearing Wit's voice like a mask. I'd forgotten what flesh and blood felt like. Morbidly, Maddie only had one thought, one so silly she almost couldn't help but laugh. She was glad she didn't Snapchat this. The end. That was really good. That is in a flash. Oh, I love it, though. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I really like the wearing Wood's voice like a mask. That was very good. It was very creepy, I thought. Yeah. You went the horror out. I did. I And I have I do have a very specific thought process with it, too. Because I, I wasn't originally going to go spooky or horror out, but... It was very inspired by uh, Talk to Me, which is a horror movie that I saw recently in theaters. Okay, yeah. Um, it's Australian or New Zealand, um, I believe. And it was just really good. It's It, it follows uh, like teenagers uh, dealing with kind of a an ancient relic that they... Shouldn't be touching. Shouldn't be dealing <laughs> with. And so I, I really loved that movie. I thought it was really good, really well made, very intense. Um, and then I wanted to kind of combine that idea with... Uh, like a stand by me type story yeah. with like a group of kids like that heard rumors of this thing through you know some older kid yeah and then we're like let's go track it down everybody else is too scared to do it and then uh, I just wanted something bad to happen the and then end. things went wrong and then things went wrong and I think the the reason I, I knew things had to go wrong was because of the second topic because yeah. the fate was in was in yeah. Maddie's hands. I like how literally you took that. I did. I truly was like, I like the symbolism. It's it's clearly Maddie's fault. Yeah. Who had the fate in well her hands? Yeah, and then you mentioned it before. And which one said it? Which one said that it was a, fate was in her hands? Wit. Yeah. <laughs> the one who yeah the gets one fucked who, up at yeah. the end. It's like well that backfired <laughs> exactly. So I knew I knew something bad had to happen just based on kind of the the setup. Yeah, and and so it was fun to kind of let that play out and see because I, I also like writing. Or I don't get to write like action scenes that often. Yeah, and so getting to like have at least a, a paragraph or so of like just kind of action mm-hmm. was fun. I really like how it ended. It's very open ended, cliffhanger, obviously. Because mm-hmm. now I'm like, dang, what's next? I could. I this is definitely something that I feel like I could keep going with because I like the characters. Like they were fun to write. Well, keep me updated. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I will. Um, something about like these two twin brothers arguing about which member of the fellowship they'd rather be was so funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I got to keep that going. Throughout. I, also like, I also like how modern that it was. You mentioned like a mall and I was like, oh yeah, I guess this could have been mod- tattoos. Duh. <laughs> like an abandoned old mall. Yeah. yeah something about I like, like the setting too. Yeah. Like the idea. I've never really gotten to explore an abandoned old mall, but it sounds fun. It does. Also a little scary because uh, yeah. of like, you never know what's lurking around a corner or it something. It sounds fun to hear about from friends that wit and I can be like, oh, cool. I'm glad you did it. Let me watch a YouTube video yeah. <laughs> about it. Record it for me while you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, and this was actually an interesting story to like put together because you mentioned you had a tattoo magic idea, yep. right? A few years ago, I actually wrote a story, like a very short story that 
very much involves tattoo magic. Yeah. Before this was s'more stories was ever a thing, I was yeah. just doing it because I thought it would be a fun idea to explore. And I did kind of enjoy it. And I thought I think it's an okay idea. But I was like, I can't do that for this. Yeah. Like I, 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 w- I don't want to <laughs> let myself just kind of like rework an idea that already existed. So I kind of forced myself Stuck to go a different route. Yeah. You know, which was I think I think was a better challenge for me. Because I didn't, I wasn't just kind of recycling an old idea. Yeah. What brought you to the In a Flash title, if you had? I was trying to come up with something tattoo related. Yeah. And so Flash That's tattoo. Yeah, yeah. It was hard because I couldn't come up with anything really that yeah. like kind of worked. And so the idea of it kind of being like a Flash tattoo, the idea of it all happening really quickly. Yeah. Like quicker than they yeah, could have ever known. That's why I asked because it was like, oh, okay, I get it. It happened in a flash or haha, flash tattoo. And because it's flash fiction. <laughs> and it's flash fiction. There's three different reasons. It all comes together. <laughs> it all comes together. This is maybe the best title I've ever had <laughs> in that case. <laughs> it's all, it's um, all connected. But yeah, I, li- I liked the the idea of, of kind of having the the tattoo reference in the title and trying to bring it in with the, the action of what happens to. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. But it was yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed writing it. I actually my first idea was I was always gonna have the the kids. Mm-hmm. They were like set for sure. But my original idea was I wanted them to be searching for like in my head it was like a like magical temporary tattoos. Oh yeah. Like something about a temporary tattoo magic made me laugh. Yeah. And, and so I wrote most of that story, but it just wasn't interesting or good. It made you laugh. <laughs> Just the idea made me laugh, yeah. but the actual execution of it yeah. was not very good. And so I was like, I gotta like change it up somehow. And so I kind of combined the the kids' side with a different idea that I had had when I was mm-hmm. brainstorming of just like an enchanted tattoo gun. Yeah. And kind of just throwing that together. And then it made sense with like the talk to me reference and like it, it all kind of came together when I changed the idea. Yeah, yeah. Which was nice. Which is horror. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, yeah, sometimes it's the, the first idea that you have on a story isn't the best one. Oh yeah, trust and believe. I can guarantee that. I went through mine like three different times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting better at that. I'm getting better at like realizing it's like okay, this isn't really going anywhere. I got to change something. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let it go. Yeah. Like you wrote it and it was it wasn't the best one, so you just push it to the side and start again. Exactly. And I didn't feel bad about it. Like yeah. I wasn't precious with it, and I think it got better. Yeah. Because of it, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really did actually enjoy this one. Um, yeah, it's really good. I so really I like the idea of combining those topics. That was a very fun challenge to try to like <laughs> I'm glad. Work, th- work them in thematically, <laughs> but also like kind of in just literal senses as well. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm genuinely so excited to, to hear yours because I, because every story, every episode is so different. So <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> what to expect. I'm very, very excited. I'm glad my rule breaking worked. <laughs> Listen, this is a this is a re- rebels <laughs> podcast. We're we're very rebellious here uh, for sure. Okay. Um, you have a title for yours as well. Yeah, I do have a t- title. It's called Choices. Choices. Okay. Okay. Uh, take it away whenever you are ready. All right. To say it was raining was an understatement. The sky was blanketed in dark, thunderous clouds, and the rain obscured anything more than a foot away. The scattered stones, creating altar ruins, had lost their lustrous grace and became inky black and featureless. 
The statue of fate cried somewhere close by, her silhouette barely visible. The only things I could see clearly was magic, glowing yellow, looping around my wrists and threatening to lash out like a cobra if I moved. And of course I saw her. She wielded her scorn with the same ferocity as her magic. It reminded me of the day we got these gifts. I accepted them with what I would consider dignity and grace, as any knight would. Yet she accepted them with a fire and passion that I had never witnessed before. We were told by the goddess herself to protect what was hers. We promised. She promised. Naomi, why didn't you keep your promise? Despite the roaring rain, her voice was clear enough for me to hear just how baffled she sounded. How can you choose to be good, to be this, when you can't even feel it? Her magic responded like a snake to its charmer. It coiled from my wrist to my neck, but I remained steady. How could you choose to be? Evil wasn't the right word. Naomi was hurt. She was better than that. How could you choose this path when you can? For all of my lack of feeling, it felt like looking into a mirror when I saw the surprise and betrayal in her eyes. It was funny how that worked. Feeling. She may have been right, but I couldn't help but think that I started to feel a lot more ever since I met her. And now she hovered over me with an intent to kill. All of this talk about feeling seemed a bit overrated if this is where you ended up. Fate herself gave us these gifts. We are to protect her heart, not break it. She broke mine. Her voice was like glass shattering. Lightning flashed and in the brief light I could see every emotion coloring her face. I gave my life for her, Naomi continued, but what would an empty husk like you know about life? You have nothing besides your devotion while fate continues to take from me. Does it mean anything to you, seeing her take my sister, letting her die? I was a knight forged by fate, but something told me that Naomi was not searching for accuracy in titles. Beyond it, I did not have a defense to stand on. I was forged, but Naomi was pulled from her life into something more extraordinary. I never asked to bear this weight of fate's heart or her responsibility. She answered as if she heard my thoughts. She took away my choice, and you think she cares about any of us? We're just strings woven in her tapestry. She knows what happens to us, and she so chooses to let us suffer. Well, no more. She responded to my silence with magic, and even now it was fascinating to watch how it flowed so fluidly as it decorated her skin. Even now, as the altar responded to her, causing strings of light to appear from the stones and connect to the statue of fate, Naomi was beautiful. But I had lived long enough to know that even beauty could be dangerous. The strings of lights attached to fate's open hands began to weave into an ever-growing tapestry, the shapes and designs constantly moving and changing. My gift was etched in metal, scratched and worn over time. It was a tool, strict and confined to the weaponry drawn onto me, and as I drew upon it, my own magic glowed purple, breaking the binds while acting as a defense for the statue. First a shield, then a sword, then a polearm. We danced as light crashed into each other like, just like our days sparring. The only difference now was that each strike from Naomi was more dangerous than the first. Rage consumed her, and I tried to ease her into reason. This is not the way, Naomi. If you destroy the tapestry, you will damage more than you'll fix. If fate has written my failure, I will at least give her a good fight. 
We had sparred before, but I had never lost an arm. It was fixable, probably. We had sparred before, but I had never drawn blood. I paused when she started to bleed, and I nearly lost another arm for it. We had sparred before, but I had always bested her, and this was no different. She was good, but I was born for this. And as I pointed a sword at her, I caught my reflection in it. It was odd. It looked like I was crying, but I was sure it was just the rain. Maybe this is what it felt like, though. Were we ever friends? I don't know why I asked, but when she broke eye contact, I felt heavier. Of course it'd be foolish to think something like that. She was chosen, but I was forged, and choice made all the difference. I shouldn't have assumed our relationship was anything more than cordial. We were guards of fate, though as of recently, our goals weren't aligned. Go on then, Naomi severed the tense silence. Do as you're puppeted to do. Even though she collapsed, the dignity remained in her eyes as she stared at the sky. The dark clouds drifted to reveal specks of stars to break up the night's monotony. The peacefulness was haunting. Without faith, we would cease to exist, and yet my magic wavered. Then, a breath. Hers or mine, I wasn't quite sure. It's on me, then. Your fate is in my hands. I just didn't expect Naomi to be the first choice I ever had. The end. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> that was Choices. Choices choices i really enjoyed that that was fascinating thanks i uh i love how i was able to like easily envision in my head Mm -hmm. the magic nice like it seems so interesting uh the way you described it visually i'm like i can picture the animation in my head already (laughs) you know that's the goal (laughs) yeah that was so cool so so tell me about this so what what was the you, you mentioned you had a couple ideas yeah floating around so at first I, I did similar to you. I was going to have this based in like a tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was going to be about essentially the main character who is Naomi or not Naomi, but POV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> POV, you are the main character. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was going to be in a tattoo shop. It was going to be about how someone got a tattoo and got that magic. Yeah. But it was too much exposition. It was too much... Uh, Let's do an instructional real mm-hmm. quick. Um, so I wanted to switch it up. I, It's funny because I think I mentioned earlier, the last book I read was Great Gatsby, <laughs> which is why it's in first person, because I do not write in first person often. Nice. So influence. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, like, what, what drew you to that first person perspective? I think the then it's on me your fate is in my hands i read that enough times where when i started writing around it because i wrote that and then Mm -hmm. i wrote around it and i was like okay what if what if like what if we get submersive into it because it was going to be uh the the first person was actually going to be also third person Mm -hmm. as well sure but it didn't feel dramatic enough (laughs) so i wanted i don't know how i ended up being so dramatic but like by the the third iteration i was like all right we're gonna pull right into this you've embraced the drama yeah of, it's of gonna be dramatic and yeah. i think that works like it, it there's so much drama between the in the conflict yeah of it like you can feel the the history between them and that really adds like a cool layer to to like a, a fun action scene yeah as well 
uh, yeah, because it, it kind of came together as I was writing it because it wasn't, I didn't expect it to be like fantasy. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect the whole night situation. And I was like, I wonder what's this person's deal. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. I'm oh, so- wait, I have to write it. <laughs> yeah, you have to create it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, you, you create a, a world that even just from like the magic ideas, I'm mm-hmm. like, what's that whole world like? Yeah. Like this is just one tiny sliver of whatever this this story, larger story is. And you've done a really good job of, of making me want more of that <laughs> in the in the world. Thanks. Yeah, it was it was interesting to play with the, how fate is also seen as a god or yeah. goddess. Yeah, it took me a second, and then once I realized, I was like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's fun to to literally have like a goddess of just fate." Yeah, and that is who these this at least this one this, knight is protecting. Yeah, knight is protecting this fate's altar for whatever reason, and Naomi was supposed to. But she had other plans. <laughs> and we didn't say it, but you uh, have exactly a thousand words. Yeah, I do. I was so proud of that. <laughs> which is so cool. And, and when I when I you know reach out to a guest to to see if they'd be interested in the in the podcast, I always say like the guideline. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say a word limit because that's scary. But a guideline is around a thousand words. Yeah. And so the fact that you were able to just kind of like get it right there on the dot. It was meant to be. <laughs> very awesome. Yes. Yeah. When I started, it was like it was. Right under, and I was like, "This is this could I can make I it. I can make this. I can make this happen. <laughs> I can make it work." And then that's when the this iteration came about, where it was like, "It's also interesting reading it mm-hmm. versus like you know for a podcast versus yes. just reading it in general." Because I'm like, "Oh, okay, I actually can visual visualize this. All right, so something worked." <laughs> very yeah, I, I can very easily visualize it. You, you do something that I'm not very good at in most of my writing, which is descriptions. Oh. And like being able to to like visually describe something, most of the time I'm wasting those words on dialogue. <laughs> Trust and believe it is a it it's a long time coming because with descriptions I always get lost in the technicality of it because yeah. I'm like I've never been here I don't know what's here I have to make that up I have to say every word that needs yeah. to describe everything yeah it's like how will I know if they actually understand where it is but there is a, it is a very delicate balance of giving just enough and mm-hmm. letting people figure it out because I didn't explain anything about what was around them all you know is what they're standing on no there's and I remember there's a sentence like somewhere in the middle uh that really I think uh it was yeah towards the night where it says i was a knight forged by fate like that sentence comes like about halfway through yeah and before that i'm like i don't really know anything but even just that one sentence kind of builds the the world enough for me to understand the context of what's happening and that's a a tough thing to do because (laughs) you're it's like a tightrope of do i give too much or am i not giving enough to where this is just confusing and even just one sentence like that really helps to do that yeah it's funny because I wanted to keep the POV character vague as possible. Mm-hmm. But as I was writing it, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be interesting if they were like, um, what's the D&D arm? The paladin? Pa- not not a paladin in particular, but those um, empty husks. Oh, um, like uh, animated armor? Yeah, animated armor. There we go. That, there we go. I thought you asked, that you asked the right person. Yeah. <laughs> D&D. I play it sometimes oh yeah <laughs> um but yeah i thought that would be an interesting take like it's not a hundred percent set in stone you mm-hmm. can interpret this how you want sure. um but in my head that's what i was thinking because in like following that it's like oh my magic is etched in, 
and metal. Yeah, or that's I liked that because yeah. it helped kind of get, give flavor to that character and maybe yeah. some of the their own abilities and magic and that kind of stuff. That was that was awesome. Yeah, and I was like, that's still technically a tattoo. It's animated, so it's on their body. <laughs> yeah, it's you're taking the idea of a tattoo and and remixing it, like yeah. adding it to your own fantasy kind of world and mechanics and that kind of stuff yeah yeah they both got tattoos one's just metal <laughs> do you enjoy uh in talking about just fantasy in general do you enjoy like magic systems 50 50 yeah um because i do like the freedom of not having the system but i right. do like the foundation of where where you can start from that's kind of how i feel too like i like the the freedom to just kind of do whatever i want yeah. but then when i come across like a really good or well-explained magic system i'm right. like that's cool. I can't ever do that. Right, <laughs> But exactly. I like that people are able to. Yeah. And I can appreciate it for sure. So I like, I, when I'm writing, like, I stick with urban fantasy. Sure. Because it's set in realistic standards, but you can like play around, oh, secret society or, oh, hidden worlds, that kind of thing. Yeah. But you always have something like to fall back on where it's like, yeah, they're still in Georgia. <laughs> I do love a good modern fantasy. Because you, you get the freedom of all that, and then you can also ground it in, like, what feels real yeah. to us. Yeah, absolutely. And whenever I finish my one novella novel, which however long it gets, it'll be urban fantasy. Yes. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm already excited to read it. Um, what was your... What's your typical, like, setting when you write? Like, or physically? I oh, mean, like, do you, yeah. like, go somewhere? Or do you prefer, like, to write at home? Like, what's your kind of sweet spot? I'm always curious. I wish I could go somewhere. Sure. <laughs> I get tired after work. Um, but it's nine times out of ten I'm at home. Mm -hmm. It's usually if I can swing it uh, in the morning because me as a person before 12 o'clock is, like, the most productive I'll ever be. Whoa. Yeah, I'm, I'm a morning so person. I'm so different. <laughs> I'm the opposite. <laughs> I am such a morning person, even if I don't want to admit it. Sure. Um. Yeah, but the moment I wake up till about 12 in the afternoon, that's my, like, all right, I'm focused. This is all of my energy. We're going to get something done. Um. But it's usually at home, at my desk, yeah. uh, ignoring the background noise that is my family. Uh, you also have cats? And I have two cats. Yes. Two of them, although one of them is kind of mean and just kind of chills out in the corner, which sure. like, I love you anyway. Um, but yeah, battling my cats, yeah. specifically Harley, for attention. Classic Harley. I have two cats as well. Uh, and it's part of the reason why it is harder to work from home yeah. for me now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've been I've been making more of an effort to go out and write, which has actually been very good for me. And so I'm always curious kind of where everybody else Oh, yeah. I feel works. like... I, I want to definitely go into like a different like co-worker space or just mm -hmm. go to the library. It's mostly just energy wise, like after, after working at criminal records yeah. well, and you're standing all day, like yeah, it's, I truly. can totally understand it's, it's also a busy store. Like there's, it's, it's in middle Surprisingly. five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is great. Happy that you guys are busy. Yeah. But I can also understand it. It can drain your energy. A yeah. Bit. So I, I kind of take my energy where I can. So even, even I, after work, if I have like this moment of inspiration, I will like sit down to write. It might not be, it might not be good because I have to expend my energy on creation and then expend my energy on editing. Yes. And even writing this, I was like, I cannot sit and edit this as I write. I have to not do that. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that is such a big problem that I have. Yeah. Sometimes when I write is like I'm editing as I go and it just takes forever and it's not inspiring and nothing feels yeah. good. And so I'm, I'm, I've gotten much better at just getting it out there first. Yeah. Trying to at least. Yeah. Trying to, um, 
as an editor, yeah. it's hard because I'm immediately like, I'll reread something like this could sound a lot better, but it really is just a, a puzzle piece of, you have to write it all out first because mm-hmm. when you're editing, instead of editing a small section, you're editing it, editing it as a whole and you could see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it makes it, it makes it easier to edit for one and it makes it a lot clearer. So you're not just like going in circles with this one paragraph and like, this God, could I've be done better. that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. And I feel then, so seen. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just got a word vomit on a paper and then leave it alone for a good at least hour, yes. maybe a day mm-hmm. and then come back with fresh, fresh face, fresh eyes. It really does help so much. And I, I've, I'm glad that I've, I can see myself getting better at it. Yeah. Because for such a long time, it would take me forever to write anything. Oh, yeah. Uh, same. I I see you. Because <laughs> it, it still takes me a while, but it's one part again. That's why I'm like, I have to, when I sit down, I have to know what I want to do. Because mm-hmm. I can't just sit down and be like, well, maybe I'll write today. No, I have to. Have, I am so organized that it's crazy i'm impressed I'm so, as, <laughs> yeah. as a, a very unorganized person i'm always impressed it comes with the job but also it's just kind of like how my brain is wired it's like if everything has a place and time then i will things will go smoothly the world needs people like you and in your brain <laughs> truly that's and that's what makes me so good at project management <laughs> exactly you know your skills yeah um i you mentioned you you're in maybe in the process of writing a novella yeah it's called cursed flowers it was going to be a comic, mm-hmm. uh, a, like a full comic that I was going to work on. And then I realized art is hard and it takes a lot of energy and it's not for me. Yeah. But it's it's for me as a hobby. Sure. Not, not, as, not as like a full-time job, mm-hmm. um, but it's about, uh, so the pro- it's about a protagonist. His name's Ben. And essentially he is a chosen one that doesn't want to be chosen. But it's uh, it's a family, it's a bloodline thing, so he has no choice. But Perfect. it's pretty much a depressed man having to balance two worlds on his shoulders. I love it already. Yeah. How's the how's the progress on it coming? It's it's funny because I have the comic script. Mm-hmm. I know how it's going to end. I know how it's supposed to happen. But switching the comic script itself into prose, there's a lot more fluff I have to yeah. add. So it's. <laughs> A slow process, sure. but it is a process. And every day I'm like, I look at it, I'm like, I'm going to get back to you. But let's do a short story first. That's quick. Yes. <laughs> it, it must also help having the, the comic script done. Oh, like, yeah. Because you know where it where the story is. Yeah. Outline is done. Mm. The comic script is done. Like I've had these characters and this idea for several years. So it's, it's not even like I don't know where to go. It's just how to get there. Yes. What car am I taking? And, and finding that filler yeah. to fill the gaps. Yeah. It's uh, the descriptions. Exactly. <laughs> descriptions are hard. That's why comic scripts are a little bit... Just, it's a different beast. It's a yeah. different medium for sure. Comic scripts, it's a little easier yeah. because it's like, here's the idea. Artist, have fun. Make it look good. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. Uh, I, I, I can also relate to that because when I initially came up with Kill Collins, I imagined it as a comic book. Oh, yeah. But this was also like in the early throes of the pandemic. And I was like, I don't know how to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I just need to start writing it and see what happens. And, and then it just turned into a book. Yeah. And, and it would be incredibly cool to adapt it into a comic at some point but it was initially that was where my brain went to oh yeah absolutely uh yeah especially 
yeah, with the pandemic and yeah. how that slowed everything yes. down. Now Which, I get it. And, and it slowed everything down, but it also like for, for a lot of us, it like gave us time for the first time to like, that yeah. I had to fill. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to do something. And so I just started writing the story. And, and you made Kill Collins. And then I made a book. You made a whole book. Now you gotta make yeah. another one. I do. I tr- <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, the zine is zine is the big yeah, thing right next. now. But I I'm in the process of trying to like work on my like current long form project and see if I can make some progress on that. Do you have like a like a stash of ideas, or do you just have like oh inspiration, or oh I take I like this trope so. Uh, a little bit of both. How's I've, your ideation I've, process? I've got a, an ideas note on my phone that mm-hmm. I've been adding to for years. That was where Kill Collins originally came from. I just had it. <laughs> from your phone. Literally. Nice. <laughs> I, well, I, I I don't remember where I came up with. There was just one line. It said, Kill Collins, a death metal Phil Collins cover band. Yeah. That was the idea. And I wrote it in there like six years ago. I don't know where it came from. And then in the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic, me and my girlfriend were on our porch talking about stuff and going through my ideas note and just laughing at stuff. And I saw that, and it made us both laugh. And it was like, I should write something with it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm we're in the pandemic. I, the world is ending. I need to do something. <laughs> Might as well. And so, yeah, I, I I love adding ideas to that, and then going back and checking it years yeah. later, and be like, what is that? Like, what was I even talking about? <laughs> what does this mean? Um, and so that's a great way to to have ideas and just kind of let them stew for a while, and then maybe something will pop out of that. Um, I I mean, I love this more stories setup. Yeah. Because it forces me to write something new. Yeah. Fairly consistently. Um, and I rely on like other people's schedules, so it's it's not the most like specific, uh, specifically scheduled thing. Yeah, it's not too. So I'm trend. always trying to find something to kind of supplement that with, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a longer thing. And so I'm trying to figure out if my long idea is worth it. <laughs> That's the big thing. Well, you don't know until you start writing it. I know. I'm 30 <laughs> pages in, and I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's good. It, it, yeah. I'm I'm making myself uh, do it. I'm giving myself the time That's to good. do it, which feels good. Um, that's also interesting it's not it's similar but not really in my ideation process mm -hmm. there's like three specific things that i've had like ideas for for the longest and one of them i did finish uh, a novella that i published i didn't print it but it is digital cool um it's called it ends with z Uh, congrats on finishing this is big thank you (laughs) it was a like last october or something i don't know um but yeah, so I besides like the the three long form ideas that I had sitting, mm-hmm. I literally went through a, a a personal analysis of myself and the media that I watch, and pretty much went through the list and like why I like it so mm-hmm. much and broke it down that way. Cool. And I was like, oh, okay, so these have found family in it. I can hold on. I can tell you which ones they You've are. You've got a notebook in front yeah, of you. Yeah, I've got great. a notebook. You, cut, you came prepared. For I this did episode. because I forget things. And that's what that's also helpful. Write everything down. Yes, it always helps. <laughs> um, yeah. So just to give you like an idea Please, of yeah. what of the ones that I like top Akira's top the uh, media, mm-hmm. uh, Cowboy Bebop, mm. Samurai Champloo, uh, and there's another one that's not that's not on here, but I realize. Um, watanabe's whole like catalog sure um oh and samurai jack does this but he obviously didn't write that yep. um i like their tr- like his trope of it's not really a trope but i like the trope of not every good ending has to be a happy one yeah oof. yeah i love that yeah 
is that it happened in cow spoilers for a show that's been out for a while um it happens in cowboy bebop yep. and samurai champloo and technically it happens in samurai jack too uh, yes that last yeah. season <laughs> yeah that last season Ooh. Yep. Um, but i really do like that like heavy idea of you got what you needed but maybe not what you wanted mm-hmm. um and then there's other stuff like okay i love batman Sometimes I don't like what DC does with Batman, but I do like Batman. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the tropes of like found family and that kind of thing. And what else? So you use yeah. this to kind of come up with your own ideas, like based on the things that you enjoy. Yeah. Is that where that comes from? That's so cool. Because it's for me personally, I tend to let go of things too quickly. Sure. I'll watch something and I'll be like, cool, that was fun. Anyway, moving mm-hmm. on or all right, back to focusing on work. So sometimes I do have to like sit down and like with myself and be like, all right, what are you into? Yes. You can't just you can't just go through life like this. <laughs> you need to know about yourself more. Um, so I there's there's a small few that I can a small few media that I can definitely say mm-hmm. I genuinely enjoy. Sure. And then I had to be like, okay, if you like this so much, why haven't you watched it more than once? Yeah. Like, what is the thing about it that keeps pulling you back in? Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, you're right. Like, self-discovery is such a fun experience. Yeah. You're like, why do I like it? And then you realize something, and then it connects to something else that you like. And you're yeah. like, oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, and then when you do it a couple of times over, then you start having, like, ideas for stories. Yeah, you're building it up in your head. You're yeah. building the, the habit that then forms into ideas uh, and that forms into stories and then that turns into uh, a short story or a comic script or Or anything whatever you like yeah Yeah. which is funny because like music is such a big thing for me sure but i've never done like something music based which is a which is a surprise to me but now that i've like gone through i was like okay i've got all of these bits and pieces so let's try but now i have to go through like how how musical i could get without it being like getting bogged down yeah getting bogged down and then getting like copyrighted (laughs) also that i say that as somebody who wrote an entire book involving uh, phil collins yeah and i don't don't know the legalities of it so i have to like neither do i (laughs) just don't sue me please yeah yeah well i mean you did it so i can do it (laughs) exactly exactly use me as an example (laughs) Uh, i do i love your notebook and it really does kind of even just looking at it from across the table i can see like the effort that you put in to stay organized which is very cool and yeah. i'm just this is speaking as somebody who is like just this year started making to-do lists each day i'm like learning yeah and getting there it's and so steps i'll get to this point eventually yeah <laughs> but not yet <laughs> i'm learning i support you trust me it's not for everybody but also i don't understand how how you, anyone else functions it helps you do your job very, well yeah. and efficiently and that is cool right Tr- truly to-do list is the start is. knowing what you need to do for the day even if you don't do it like by hour it's just like all right uh, today this has to get done it just helps me yeah my brain is is a little bit broken sometimes and so it, it helps to remind I mean, myself of things same and that's why i have this <laughs> yes 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 like especially all of the plates that i have to spin and all the things i have to juggle especially with the press sure it's like it has to be written down. It has to be on a schedule because 
nothing's staying in my head unless it's what's for dinner. <laughs> uh, even then, I forget to eat dinner sometimes, and you know, I can't forget that. I have I different get priorities. <laughs> I get yelled at. I can't forget that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, before we before we get to our story spotlights, which I'm very excited to hear hear what you have to say, yes. I do always have to ask, or at least I've been starting to ask this for the last few episodes, mm-hmm. uh, is for you yes. to give me a spontaneous topic. Spontaneous topic. Just that I will throw into the the topics list, which you have seen. Yes. There's lots of things in there. There's so many already. But I always like putting a guest on the spot and seeing just what they give me because it's gonna throw it's gonna be in the in the topics list. Okay. My topic is the heat of the moment. The heat of the moment. Yes. I like it. Thank you. This is good. Okay. For any future guest. Get good. Heat of the moment is gonna be a good option. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna write about, but I will if somebody chooses it. Thank you. I'll write about it too. That's a good one. Feel free to. Yeah. I've I've I mentioned this idea early on this year, but I want to do an all episode or all stories episode, like an oops, all stories, oops, all stories uh, type thing where it's no talking and people just have like send me like former guests send me (laughs) just stories. Maybe it's a recording of you reading it. Maybe I read it out loud and then just stories. Hit me up. Feel free to. Yes, I will. (laughs) I will announce it to any any former guests down the road. That might be a good end of the year type thing. Oh, yeah. Because it's yeah. full Yeah. We're talking about it. We're talking about it live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Planning as we speak. Exactly. Exactly. I'll write it down. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do want to hear uh, your story spotlight for, for this episode, uh, which of course, and if anybody does, doesn't know, this is just a segment where we, of course, you've enjoyed the stories that we, that you've heard. They're great stories. That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Of course. But we want to give you something to, to walk away with, to check out, maybe something that we have consumed recently that we want to recommend. Uh, and so what what do you have for a story spotlight? Um, let's see. I, I also have one if you would like me to go first. You go first. Okay. I'm curious. Yes. Mine, I, I was struggling with, mm-hmm. with mine because um, I've been reading just nonstop comics all summer. Yeah. And so I'm in the phase of, of going through my, my Heroes Con collection, my haul from that convention. Um, and I've read a few that are like aren't that memorable. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I can't recommend those. And my last episode, I recommended a bunch of movies that I had seen in theaters, which there mm-hmm. were a bunch of good ones. Yes. But there aren't any right now. Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, where am I going? And I realized uh, recently that I've started re-watching or, or watching really for the first time Clone Wars. Oh. The nice. animated series. Yeah. Um, because Ahsoka just came out, the live action Star Wars uh, show on Disney Plus, um, which I think I would like, um, but I also hadn't ever really seen Clone Wars all the way through. Yeah, and I have a couple close friends who basically gave me like the cliff notes of like which episodes and which arcs to watch yeah, yeah. for the entire series, just to like kind of shotgun through it, spark notes it yeah. exactly. And so <laughs> I've been rewatching a lot of that or watching a lot of that uh, through for the first time, and then. I'll jump into Rebels after that. And then eventually I will get to Ahsoka. Yeah. But I was surprised at how good it is. <laughs> like how... Really? How... Specifically from a storytelling standpoint, because mm-hmm. there's not really like a main character. Mm-hmm. It follows a few different characters. Obviously, there are more main characters, but there are like a lot of one-off episodes of just like random people or characters or storylines or yeah. planets. And I kind of love those. So it, it overall kind of feels more like an anthology. Those are always fun. Which I really enjoy. And it's also darker than I expected. Like a lot of people die (laughs) for like an old Cartoon Network (laughs) show. Um, And so I've I've genuinely been really enjoying that. And I think down the road I will eventually enjoy Ahsoka. 
But honestly, the last few Disney Plus things that I've watched just have not been great. Like the Marvel stuff has not been great recently. And so this is kind of a a bright spot for me in in this dark phase of of Marvel stuff. Marvel, yeah. Yeah. It's like I won't comment on Marvel stuff. Exactly. Like (laughs) as somebody who loves comics, I love comic book movies. I want them to be good. Yeah. I'm rooting for them. Absolutely. But there, it's 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 not been rough. It's not been great lately. We, this is not a negative podcast. Yeah. We don't have to talk about it. But um, <laughs> don't want the people coming for you. <laughs> yeah, Clone Wars. I think is a, is a fun a fun thing to watch, and especially if you're like me and are curious about like kind of modern day Star Wars TV shows and media and stuff, mm-hmm. you can always go back and rewatch stuff. Um, and I'm enjoying that so far. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Are are you a do you enjoy Star Wars generally? I am not a huge Star Wars fan. No judgment, but yeah hope not <laughs> but i i know of it because of family like sure. family like hey star wars and i'm like yeah okay i'll watch it with you um i know the story basically it's one of those franchises where it's like it's hard not to know yeah things about it but there is like a, a huge depth of stories right within the world a lot of them are not good <laughs> like some of the movies are not good but there are it's really fun to find like yeah. those paths the of, world has expanded yes. greatly yeah. yeah like i think the last thing i watched was the first season of mandalorian oh yeah so i'm i'm in there i'm just yeah, yeah. like at the door looking in <laughs> which is honestly a safe place to be yeah because <laughs> it's 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 a big world it's intimidating there's a lot of stuff to it the fans are shitty most of the time yeah it's I'm like, like i'll peek in every blue moon exactly but... that's a safe place to be i think and it's it's giving me a good excuse to actually use disney plus which i yeah. forget about <laughs> most of the time 100 <laughs> percent me borrowing my grandmother's <laughs> hey no ju- again no judgment. thanks grandma yes thank you grandma <laughs> for providing i think we get our hbo from britney's or our max from britney's grandma so <laughs> Shout out. They understand. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I got my topic. Yes. Okay, great. All right. Because this is a podcast mm-hmm. and it is a very good medium of the podcast. Midnight Gospel. Okay. Have you heard of it? Wait. Explain it to me. Maybe. Uh, so Midnight Gospel was created, question mark, drawn by, question mark, um, the people that made Adventure Time or the guy that made Adventure Time. Yes. Yes. And pretty much the story follows Clancy as he is a essentially a podcaster. He's a video caster and he goes to different worlds to talk about very heavy subjects. Mm-hmm. But it is but the actual script was based on a real podcast. And so these are real conversations by real people that pretty much have been animated and the like each story like again it is heavy it's about mm-hmm. emotions it's about life it's about etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's woven into an overall story art overarching story which is nice mm-hmm. um it's very fluid it's very fun um be prepared because it is emotional yes <laughs> and i just think people should watch it because it show it's a very good sh- example of dialogue in a casual setting mm-hmm. while also like blending it into like script and then blending that into animation and then blending it into animation yeah it's it's very fun i w- when you first mentioned midnight gospel i was like it sounds familiar yeah. and then you started describing it and i immediately was like oh shit yeah yes oh my god because yeah. it's been a few years it was maybe from like 2019 or 2020 or something and mm-hmm. uh, i remember watching it i think on netflix when it came yeah. out and it is so cool and so 100% trippy from yeah. like an animation standpoint, which I love. 
Um, and so it's it's got that that level of like creativity and colors and like fluid yeah, movement absolutely. that kind of stuff. But but you're right, it does combine that with really uh, interesting conversations because it it it's like a scripted show, but then it has these specific monologues and conversations that are from right. that podcast right. specifically as well. And so it's like really cool to see that combined yeah. into a, a one thing. And I, I love the honesty and like the earnestness of it mm-hmm. because it's like, these are conversations, like there's a conversation about religion and I think uh, meditation, that kind of thing. And like, what's so great about it? And they're all from like different people with these, um, either it's their profession or they mm-hmm. have some expertise in it. Yeah. And then there's one that's like the goofy one. I think it's like the first episode where they talk about drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like in the, such a goofy setting while it's such a very, not smart, but like important quote unquote conversation. Mm-hmm. And even like the, there's one about like life and death and the cycle of it. It's really good. I I, res- I recommend it. Yeah, I, I I would second that recommendation so much. It is I, I honestly I'm due for a rewatch, and it's it's short too. It's not a big oh, yeah. commitment. Yeah, which absolutely. I always love. We love short commitments in our busy lives. We really do. It, it honestly kind of reminds me a little bit of um, another animated series that I absolutely love and I'm truly due for a rewatch, um, which is Over the Garden Wall. Oh yeah, I watched that for the first time last year. Yeah. It was really good. I love it. Where I, it's like it's got really unique animation, story uh, storylines that I can invest in, characters that I can really yeah. truly invest in. But then it does also get a little bit dark. Yeah, it, there's a weight behind it. Yeah. I think that's also like a thing that I do like in stories where it's like it starts lighthearted and then there's like definitely like something heavy yes. that just kind of gets you. Adventure Time kind of did that too. Um, my list of things that I wrote, I think that's all they have in common. <laughs> yeah. I think, and I think you're onto something there with, there's something specific, specifically interesting about that in an animation setting yeah. because historically animation is like for younger people. Yeah. But I've never stopped liking animation Yeah, and I've continued exactly. to get older and grow and mature. And I, I like that, that kind of heaviness behind it sometimes. I love a good light. Cartoon. Yeah. I love absolutely. a good light animation no matter what, but there is... It adds an uh, an element that like adds so much depth. Right. There's a, there's a depth. There's a there's something to think about afterwards because sometimes you want to come f- from watching the show and be like, hmm, you know what? I get it. I I have something to think about now. Like how has this shifted how I think? Yeah, exactly. And that's always a a, a great feeling when you're walking away from something and you're still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I'm I'm absolutely gonna rewatch Midnight Gospel soon. Nice. Uh, very different from uh, a Clone Wars. <laughs> it's funny because I, I was debating. I was like, should I give you a a show or a comic to read? But I mean, feel free to give me a comic as well if you'd like. You get you get two since I also you can gave have two two, t- exactly. <laughs> two topics. Yes. Two suggestions. Exactly. Um, Let's see. The last thing that I read that was pretty good was um, it's the Power Rangers TMNT uh, new uh, graphic novel from Boom, I think. Like a crossover? It's a crossover, series? yeah. Oh, um, it is, I don't know if you're a Power Rangers or a Ninja Turtle fan. Both? I am, yeah, same. Indeed, <laughs> yes. Solidarity. Yes. It is such a good story in that it really showcases the brotherhood of the Ninja Turtles cool. while also showing like the core of what Power Rangers is. And it also gives me an excuse to have humanized turtles 
that's not a spoiler. Yes. Um, it's not in the first volume either, so you got to work for <laughs> gotta it. Got to get there. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they're dealing, they're hanging out with humans, so they got to be human. So yeah. magic, not magic, it's full science. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a very good, it's it's just called uh, Power Rangers slash TMNT. It's except, all you need. Yeah. It's right to the point. Yeah. I, I am so excited to check that out. It's very. I good. love both, uh, and and I've read a little bit of of the comics of each of them as well, but not mm-hmm. really. I haven't really fully dove into any of them. Oh yeah, but I love a good crossover. Crossovers are fun when they're done well. Yes, there's yes. so many crossovers that done poorly. Yeah, yeah, you said it. <laughs> and so the fact that you recommend one, yeah, is saying something, right? And and you are an expert. Like you, you work <laughs> as a you com- run a comic shop. Trust me, there's plenty of comics where um, I definitely don't like them, but because someone else is so hype about it, I'm like, yeah, it's a very good story. Yes, sometimes you just gotta let somebody be happy with what they it, like. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my thought process too. The many customers that I've had, I'm not gonna talk about them though because that's rude. Of course, no. They they only have great taste. Yeah, only great taste <laughs> in my store. Exactly. Um, so, okay. So obviously we got Wildstar Press. Wildstar Press, yes. Is there, is there a website? Where would people best find things that they wanted to purchase or peruse the offerings of, of Wildstar? So Wildstar Press, you can find it at Wildstar Press literally anywhere. Fantastic. Or wildstarpress.com. You should go to the site. It's been updated and looks very pretty. Yes. Thanks, Caitlin. Um, yeah, it's... I've worked hard enough to where you can just write Wildstar Press in Google and you find it the first like several results. Well done. Thanks. I and wish I was I knew <laughs> how to do that myself. That's awesome. I can show you. <laughs> um, but if you want to find stuff from me specifically, mm-hmm. uh, you can find me at bluebat underscore on the social medias, mostly Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, don't you mean X? I don't. <laughs> no, we don't talk about it. I don't. No. I mean Twitter. <laughs> Maybe I'll get one of those other social medias one day, but today is not that day. I'm there's, too tired. Yes, there's too many to choose from. Yeah. So blue bat. Yeah. Or different. just honestly, just go to my website. I just updated that too. It's bluebat.biz. It's triple Bs. It sounds great. Yes. Oh, it's great when that works out. Yeah. I will, I will put all the links uh, in the show notes. So go find them, Please support, do. get stuff. Um, last time, uh, I bought a couple single issues from you, uh, recently Ooh. that I'm excited to get to. I finished, uh, the, the pink. Half past pink. Half past pink. That's such a good uh, book. Which is such a cool book that Bice. you published. Um, who, who's the artist behind it again? <laughs> Hannah Smith. Let's give Hannah Smith a shout out as well. Absolutely. That uh, was such a cool, cool book. It's all, it's all pink. It's all pink, all monochromatic pink. I say monochromatic pink. It's all pink. Yeah. Um, it's very good. It's about an android who decides that she doesn't want to be a killer robot. She wants to have friends. It's great. It's very sweet. Yeah, ten out of ten. Um, and we didn't mention this earlier, but when this episode comes out, we will basically be celebrating the one year anniversary of Wildstar. The five year. Five year. Oh my yeah. god! I didn't even know that. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, September tenth. It's going to be the five year anniversary of me doing this. Me saying, you know what? It's not that hard. And then realizing it's incredibly hard. Proving to yourself that it is, in fact, hard. (laughs) But I'm still here. But rewarding. But rewarding, yeah. There's going to be some things that drop. Can I talk about it? If it's going to come out on the 10th, it'll probably be up. Um, Sure. So you get to hear it firsthand. Oh, my gosh. Um, So Wildstar Press is going to be expanding into prose. So it's not going to be just comics. 
It's going to be an indie publisher, not an indie comics publisher. Amazing. Um, it'll start small, though, so it'll be short stories, flash fiction, sure. um, poetry as well. And then it'll, like, branch out into, like, anthologies, like I do with its comic twin. Um, and then in further along, prose with printing books and stuff. Amazing. Same concept of having, essentially, this space to support small creators and just expanding on it yeah i mean that's the best way to do it is just by expanding your audience yeah to, to people who like more stuff it wasn't in fact because i made a book and i wanted to publish it and needed a reason <laughs> needed a place to publish hey, it you have your own your own press you make the rules <laughs> exactly it's like my podcast i'm my rules you know yeah exactly <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the reason at all i was like dang i need to publish this i can't just throw this on wellster press hey but I, wait i can't you can though yeah <laughs> that's the thing i love that that's so cool uh and of course if you ever need flash fiction i've got lots for you uh, you don't think i will reach out to you please i would look forward to it uh we didn't mention you also you have a anthology in the in the works right now yeah the anthology oh geez i do have a lot of stuff, got a lot of stuff going um the anthology that's being it's in the works right now it's called coil to strike it's a western anthology where in, i changed it up a bit so instead of it just being a western anthology where everyone brings in like their cowboy story mm -hmm. i decided okay here is the main character here is your cowboy emery graves what this the anthology centers around is the myths and legends about emery so no one truly knows who emery is and what they're about but all of these stories are going to give you a little bit of insight whether it's true or not is up for you to decide which i thought was pretty fun i love that it's like tall tales. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. I can't wait uh, to check that out. When is there a timeline on it? Can yeah. people pre-order it? Or? Uh, not yet. Okay. Um, the it's going to be coming out April twenty twenty four or awesome. May May or April twenty twenty. It's written down. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, we're we're fresh faced. I yeah. just got everybody. You just closed. Yeah, I just uh, closed submissions. submissions right? so yeah, so. Uh, trust and believe I will be yelling about it constantly when pre-orders happen and soon I'm going to be actually rolling out who is uh, participating in it. Amazing. That's super exciting. So yeah, go follow, go follow Wildstar Press, uh, Blue Bat, of course, for Akira's uh, own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah, go check out the website. Again, these links are, are going to be on uh, the show notes, so they're available go get stuff and you also pop up at, at conventions oh at, yeah at different places and is there one coming up in, before the end of the year or not that i'm aware of unless my parents basement decides to do another festival let's do another festival at my parents basement. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we are we are recording this uh on dragon con weekend oh yeah as well i was gonna go but didn't have money <laughs> money's tight yeah but i would love to at some point yeah um but yeah it, the beauty of, of like small press is that there's a lot of stuff happening all the time. So truly you'll pop up at some point and, and you'll post about it. You'll catch me at Heroes Con again. Oh God. That's the one that I know for sure. It's the best. I, I Every time I have somebody on here that like knows about Heroes, I just want to nerd out about how much I love that Heroes convention. Heroes is great. It's we so great. We spend a podcast on that. <laughs> I did. Oh, we did. <laughs> we spent an entire podcast talking about how great it was, how great it was meeting you there, how... It, how just completely randomly yeah like i'm still amazed by it so yeah and like i said it sound, it feels like we've known each other for well over however long that was exactly and and the the beginning of a of a friendship maybe we'll do stuff together yeah 
We're, we both publish things now. A hundred percent. I'm waiting. It's so exciting. I was. I'm just waiting for you to be like, you know, all right, uneven, uneven press. I know. I can't wait. It's, it's time. It's so exciting, and uh, yeah, there's there's fun things uh, coming, and and now that we can know that we can publish a book together, it kind of makes us feel like me and Brittany that we can like kind of do anything. Yeah. I know that we can't, but the feeling that we can is very exciting. And that's the thing. You can technically. Yeah. You just, you know, within the confines of the law. Just make it happen. Yeah. yeah. We don't we don't care about the law on this podcast. No, we don't. We, we are, again, rebels. We are the law. <laughs> this turned into Judge Dredd. <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in for it. I'm here for it. Um, either way, thank you so much for, for joining me, for writing a story, for sharing that story. Thanks for having me. It's really fun. It makes me want to write more stories as if I'm not doing that now, but it makes me want to even more. <laughs> that makes my heart feel good because that's all I want to is like, I want to write more now and I want to encourage other people to write more because everybody should write. That's yeah. the fun part. Everybody should share their creativity. And come on more Stories and talk about it. And talk about it on more Stories, yeah. That's the goal. 100%. Well... You know where to check out after this. There's all those links. Um, stay toasty out there. Enjoy these uh, these products. <laughs> stay toasty. <laughs> all right, bye, guys. <laughs>